This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. I recently watched a series on the History Channel called The Bible. It was a phenomenal set of videos walking you through the history of the Bible as it told a story. And I was very shocked in certain places, having grown up in the cult of William Branham and being taught so many extra-biblical stories, it was a real eye-opener to see just how different the Bible is from the inventions of a man. Though very few will admit it, there are common themes that were present in the underlying agenda. Stories were told by William Branham to elevate the status of the prophets rather than the God that spoke through them. Some men, though not once in Scripture ever speaking the voice of the Lord as a prophet, were raised up into prophet status in these extra-biblical teachings. And women were in lesser status, almost inconsequential to the Bible stories. The hidden agenda goes on and on. I often found myself opening my Bible to see for myself as I watched this series. There were so many things in the story that I never knew. <clears throat> and I, th I thought that Hollywood had taken some liberty with this video. But after comparing it to the Bible, I found that almost every case, no liberties were taken. I had just never been taught the things that other Christians knew and took for granted. There were many times I would ask myself, why didn't they tell this part of the story or that? It seemed to me that there were portions missing, huge portions, missing from the video that were critical in getting the Bible story out to the people. But in so many instances, I found that the extra parts of the story were simply not found in Scripture. As a former cult follower, having been programmed, it was almost offensive to me <coughs> the way that the women were presented correctly in the story. Women avoided their household chores to follow Jesus, learning to teach others. We were so ingrained with the false teaching, the false idea that women should not teach, and how that the men should be higher ranking than the women, 
because of the constant belittling of Branham saying women are the byproduct. But as I read through the scriptures, while watching the video, I quickly realized that the women played a very strong role in the story of the Bible. The women did have their chores, and they did leave them to follow Jesus and to learn as he taught, which was not only against cult theology, but also against the Jewish culture of that time, the day that Jesus walked the earth. In fact, it would have been revolutionary to have sent both men and women into the cities to spread the gospel. Most of the Pharisees would have openly condemned these byproducts. The story that really caught my eye regarding discrimination and condemnation of women in the cult was the story of Abraham and Sarah. You see, in the cult, Sarah was practically ridiculed. But in the video from the History Channel, she was the mother of the royal seed of Abraham. Abraham loved her, and she was his partner, not his slave. She was devastated when she could not have a son for Abraham. In the story given by the cult, God came down in human flesh to speak to Abraham, which was similar to the video. But in the cult, when the Lord and the angels were speaking to Abraham, Sarah was frowned on like she was some sort of a slave to go wait in the tent alone. In fact, because she laughed within herself, she was almost condemned to die, according to William Branham. <clears throat> he says this in 1965, Modern Events Made Clear by Prophecy. The messenger, and he said, Abraham, where is your wife Sarah, S-A-R-A-H? How'd he know it? How'd he know it? Abraham said she's in the tent behind you. Notice that. He said, I'm going to visit you according to the time that I promised you. I'm going to visit you. And Sarah kind of laughed within herself. Now notice that part. He said, Branham said, he's in the tent behind you, speaking to the Lord. And notice this next part. William Branham makes a clear point to position the Lord in between Sarah and the tent. This, friends, is what we call extra-biblical. In the video of the Bible, the men approached Abraham as men normally would do. They did not inject themselves between Abraham and his wife Sarah. Why does Branham go to extremes to make sure that his back was turned to Sarah? She didn't even have a prayer card for the Lord to guess her name. And the address was pretty clear. She was in that tent right behind Abraham. <clears throat> he says it again. With his back to the tent, he, the Lord, said, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, How can these things be? <clears throat> if she hadn't been in Abraham, listen to this. If she hadn't been in Abraham, his bride at that time, God would have slayed her. Boo! <laughs> so would we today with all of our unbelief. In other words, if you're not listening to me, you're going to die. <laughs> he says, that holds us right there, see? He couldn't hurt and couldn't take Sarah without hurting Abraham, see? 
Do you feel the oppression of women in this? It's slithering out of his words, despising Sarah for laughing. And the loving God that was in the video, the God who loved Abraham according to the Bible, was now a God of wrath. Who cares about Sarah, but Abraham had power. He was a prophet. God spared her so that he did not offend his prophet. And did you notice that Branham called Abraham a prophet all throughout his ministry, just like the Islamic religion? In the Christian Bible, Abraham was the father of nations. He was on earth before the prophets. Abraham did see a vision. God gave him a vision. He had a prophecy. But Branham tries to increase the respect for these men that he called prophets because he promoted himself as one. Luke 16 makes a clear distinction between Abraham and the prophets that spoke with the voice of God to turn the children of Israel from their idolatry in the Old Testament. And it comes directly from Abraham. Luke 16, 29. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Even the Jews made this distinction, and it's in the book of John. John 8, 52. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. But the story told by the History Channel, which seems to line up with Scripture more than William Branham's story of the slave woman Sarah, who almost got herself smote dead, <clears throat> the story was of the loving God who loved Abraham and also loved Sarah. God knew that Sarah was old. He knew that she could not understand how she could bear a son being long past the days of childbirth. God was not going to smite her for the ground for her lack of understanding or for her lack of faith. God was there to build up her faith. You see, as this cult, as with most cults, there's one common theme. Condemnation if you have trouble believing. And not believing God, but believing in these extra-biblical stories, or the failed prophecies, or the life stories that you absolutely know in your heart to be false. God wants you to believe in one thing, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, sent down to earth to save each one of us from our sin, and so He lived the perfect life, and He died on the cross for our salvation, and He rose again so that we can rise with Him. There were people who likely did not believe John the Baptist. <clears throat> but John could not save them. Jesus could. There were people who did not believe the words of Paul and Silas. So they checked them out for themselves. As they were teaching in the synagogue, the Jews examined the scriptures. And after finding the words to be true, then they believed Christ. God did not strike them to the ground for not believing Paul. Who cares about the man? It's the God that we're here to serve, faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible calls these people noble for examining the information for themselves. Acts 17, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. 
They received the word <coughs> with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. <coughs> but the religious cults, like the cult of William Branham, they do not want you to question. In fact, they feel threatened if you do question because the elders know the problems with the teaching. They absolutely know that Sarah was not off in some corner while the men were outside discussing her fate without her consent. They know that God does not treat women as unfairly as these cults do. Listen to the real story of Abraham inside the tent while Abraham is speaking to the Lord. It's found in Genesis 18. <clears throat> then they said to him, where is, your, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Listen to this. And Sarah was listening at the door behind him. Now this is the part where the cult will practically stop and invent the rest of the story. Clear separation of gender here. Sarah's in the tent, the men are on the outside. Only you'll notice that she was in the door of the tent not off hidden in some corner. In fact, the Bible goes further to explain why Sarah laughed before she even does it. <clears throat> it says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out, my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? <laughs> Tell me, if you go find some elderly woman with a stooped back and a walker, and you tell her that you're going to make mad passionate love to her, don't you think that she'll find it the slightest bit humorous? Now don't tell me that, sonny boy. My false teeth might fall out. You see, in the eyes of man and in the eyes of women, this is impossible. Abraham and Sarah no doubt had difficulty with this. It's hard to have faith when every sign tells you differently. But unlike the cult, God does not let you run on blind faith. He doesn't ask you to believe something without giving you the faith to believe. He doesn't ask you to believe wild stories about things that are completely proven false in the past. He asks you to believe things that are going to happen in the future. And he gives you everything that you need to keep the faith. Why do you think that he was there talking to Abraham and Sarah? The cult would have said, well, they didn't believe. They lost the faith. So he slept with that mistress, Hagar. Let's excommunicate both of them before they can spread that unbelief disease. God doesn't work like this. He was there to boost the faith. Abraham already had a son by Hagar, Ishmael. Their faith was diminishing quickly. God was there to lift it back up. Here's the one line of the story that you'll hear while the cult are telling the story where the men are outside talking. <clears throat> the Bible says, The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? But remember, Sarah is in the doorway of the tent. She's standing right behind Abraham. God is speaking to Abraham, but he's also speaking to Sarah. 
Notice the shift in conversation. It quickly changes from gender inequality that is in the cult doctrine. It changes from a conversation between the men <laughs> into a conversation with God's children. The Lord says this, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. Listen to this. He, the Lord, <clears throat> said, No, but you did laugh. Notice that last sentence. No, but you did laugh. <clears throat> Who is he? Who is the Lord speaking to? Are you going to believe this oppressive cult? that Abraham was talking to God while Sarah was off in some corner of the tent? Or are you going to believe the Bible, straight out of Genesis 18, where Sarah was standing behind Abraham in the doorway as the Lord stood there conversing with them? We do not serve a God who is not understanding. We serve a God that's full of compassion, we serve a God who knows that we face trials, a God that knows we'll have doubts, a God who knows that we will sin from day to day. That's why he sent his son. We serve a God who loves us, who provides for us, and who gives us just what we need so that we can keep the faith. We do not serve a God who turns us over to Satan, as they call it, for questioning, like the Branham cult has done in so many churches all around the world. Questions mean that you're paying attention. And obviously they don't like that. Questions mean that you're concerned with your salvation. That you're concerned that you want to walk according to His perfect will. Questions are what bring answers. But only if there are answers to be given. In Abraham and Sarah's case, the answer was given. Sarah did bring forth another child, even though both she and Abraham were both filled with doubt. God came to boost their faith, to tell them of the coming son, and to give them the answer that God, that proved that God was real. So many are fleeing the cult. Our website traffic is increasing daily with questions, comments, and new faces, people who are seeking for answers. But Jesus Jesus Christ is the only answer. There is no answer that can be given for a failed prophecy. That prophecy is already in the past. Jesus is the future, and he's coming to take us with him. Look forward to the answer, not backward to the question that has no answer.